Revolution I can't get no call to action But I try and I try and I try Hello and welcome to Call to Action, the go-to podcast for anyone trying to make sense of the world of marketing, advertising and beyond. In an industry that is a minefield of utter bollocks, we aim to capture our heroes and allies from the front line to have a chinwag with. It's like Pokemon Go, with the single but vital exception that it's not a short-term bandwagon of shite. It's brought to you by Gasp and I'm Giles Edwards' co-founder and MD. Today, I've caught Giles Rees-Jones. As CMO of What Three Words, Giles is helping change the world for the better by addressing it all with just three words. Prior to this, he spent 20 years in advertising, beginning his career at Saatchi and Saatchi and culminating in 10 years as digital strategy director at Ogilvy, over which time he worked with clients such as Unilever, IBM, British Airways, Cisco and Philips. He's visited number 10 Downing Street and has been awarded the Cannes Lion Grand Prix for innovation, amongst other accolades. Giles says, we're pretty ambitious. We want to become a global standard. We want people to see word dot word dot word and immediately recognize it as an address. That's the goal. Welcome to the show, Giles. Thanks very much for having me. Right. Seven quick fire questions then. Mac or PC? Mac, for sure. Client side or agency side? Client side. Ooh. Independent or network? Ooh. Um, d- d- depends the task at hand. Saatchi and Saatchi or Ogilvy? Ooh, that's a tough one. Ogilvy, probably. Red or white? Red. Deadlifts or bench press? <laughs> Deadlifts. I hate bench press. <laughs> can or Downing Street? Oh, well, one, one has got a lot of rosé, so I'll go for can. <laughs> no rosé in Downing Street? Or less. We weren't on We weren't. We weren't offered uh, uh, for sure. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. Uh, so, Giles, uh, what was your first ever job, and, and what was your first job in advertising? Ah, wow. So I did. Um, I've done some weird and weird and wonderful jobs. I think that touring touring the local neighbourhood on my on my bicycle with my with my friend Raymond offering to wash people's cars was one of the one of the earliest memories. But everything from baking and decorating cakes to to washing pots and pans i've i've kind of really done done many things to to earn money over the years and then uh, first proper job was uh, was at Sarchi's. i was taken on as a as a kind of summer intern for a few weeks and i, I managed to stay for a, a couple more weeks and and after about six months they started giving me uh, some money and uh and just under a year i think I interviewed for a kind of permanent role there and, and got and got the job. Um, so so started off as a as an intern at um, at Sarchi's. Oh wow! And and what was that? What did that first proper job look like then at Sarchi's? What did what were you doing day in? Um, I was doing uh, retail activation for Hewlett Packard printers. So it was shelf wobblers and uh, and banners and pallets of of printers uh, in PC world in. Uh, 15, 15 different different countries. It was it, it was super exciting, yeah. uh, and it was a kind of good good training ground. And um, one of my roles was to um, coordinate all of the European um, assets, and uh, we had this massive presentation. And I I got all of their assets, uh, all of their uh, posters and print ads and shelf wobblers. They'd all sent them in uh, to the office, and I'd laid them out beautifully on the uh, floor next to my desk for 
in preparation for the presentation. And uh, I came in the next morning and the cleaner had uh, thrown them all away. No. Uh, so I was <laughs> incredibly unpo- unpopular with, uh, with everybody. I had to phone them up and get it, get it all in again. But that, that got me thinking about there had to be a better system for organizing this stuff. And we had, the internet had just started to, to take off and I had an X400 email account. And so what I helped to build was Saatchi Brain, which was a kind of system for collating these sorts of things. Um, so that, that's kind of what piqued my interest in, uh, uh, in doing things uh, online, kind of better, faster, easy way of doing it. Uh, all kicked off by a, uh, a cleaner at Saatchi and Saatchi. Did you ever speak to the cleaner? No, I, I suspect it might have been one of my uh, one of my fellow graduates doing it as a joke, but um, but no. <laughs> okay, so so given given um, as you say, the internet started to to really establish itself. Did your role then evolve alongside that? Did the internet become something you were you were more uh, actively involved in at, at work? Yeah, so we we started Saatchi um, Vision, which was a uh, anything that that wasn't TV, press, poster, retail. So we were doing three D lenticular. Uh, Things. We were building websites, doing banner ads, uh, doing installations. Any, anything that didn't quite fit into the box, we were we were playing around with, and that was, I mean, that was that was a fantastic time. We were inventing things as we uh, as we went along. So, um, yeah, that was a um, that was a great time to um, to start off doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, and so why did your time at Saatchi end? How did that happen? Digital was always uh, an add-on to actually the the kind of main business of of selling tv and press and poster in those days and so i actually moved to uh, agency.com which was a a kind of dedicated digital agency because i wanted because i believed that that was the the way forward and and so moved to um to that to work on on british airways and and some other big accounts okay great and 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 actually on in that journey and and um both prior to and, and post roles at Ogilvy, you've been involved in starting agencies, is that right? Yeah, so I yeah, so I helped to start um, Agency Republic, um, which was actually a, a joint venture uh, between Agency.com and, and Clayton Healy. So, kind of digital marketing, digital advertising, and kind of traditional uh, below the line work. And uh, so I helped to, to start Agency Republic, and then I, I moved to to Hong Kong and helped to start up a, a brand consultancy in Hong Kong. Uh, which was kind of more rounded marketing consultancy. Um, so yeah, exciting times. It, it's it's enjoyable to kind of build stuff from uh, from from scratch. And so you enjoyed that experience. What sort of challenges did you come up against, especially going in terms of scale, going from an agency, a network agency like Saatchi's, to starting something from the ground up? Um, I think with with Agency Republic, it was it was a lot easier because we we pulled in uh, people from um, from kind of both the parent agencies uh, in together. So that was, so that was easy. Um, I think the key challenge was to kind of differentiate your, you know, the, the agency uh, and have a very kind of clear point of view. Uh, otherwise you, you fell into the, uh, this, is, this, this is what every agency says. So we, we, we try to be very clear about the kind of proposition and try to be true to that through everything that we did. Um, uh, that it was there that I learned the kind of power of uh, press coverage uh, for Agency mm-hmm. Republic. We were we were constantly in the press because we always had we always had a point of view that was that was slightly different, and we we always said things that would that would get people commenting. Um, so that I, I learned a, a lot from that that experience. Yeah, and and I was going to ask you what's the secret? Um, asking for a friend, of course. It is it is uh, from my perspective anyway. Just having that clear point of view and and, and being different. 
Um, in fact, a, a podcast we recorded with with a lady called Kerry O'Connor, who runs a a consultancy business called Tonic for Agencies. She 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 kind of echoes that point entirely where you know there's I think she said there's 30,000 agencies in London which I mean that alone is terrifying but so many of them look and sound like each other and say the same stuff and you can almost put them all in one bucket and think of them as one thing yeah just um, and pick one out I mean whenever we whenever we used to put out a comment whenever we commented on a story when we put out a press release the the kind of the benchmark uh, for the quote was you know, is this that someone else, is this something that someone else could have said? And if it was, we would scrap it and uh, and try and write something write something else that was inherently kind of what what we believed and, and and how we behaved. So, yeah, that was that was kind of key. Is like if someone else can say this and someone else can do this, then it's uh, it's not us, and we sh- we shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if that that that's true of just a shared opinion, really, isn't it? If you've uh, if you've got the same opinion as someone else in the room, then one of you's you know redundant. Yeah. And then um, I don't mean to fast forward what was a fantastic career in in advertising, but ultimately you got out of agency life. Was that was that always the plan? Um, I really enjoyed agency life. I, it, it, it was exciting. I got to work on some amazing brands and and travel around the world. But I met I met the team at, at What Three Words and thought they had uh, this amazing idea that could really uh, could really use some some kind of marketing support and and uh, could use some better framing and a, and a, uh, and kind of help with with taking it to market. So it was the kind of right time to um, to, to move across. For anyone listening who isn't aware, which I'm, I'm, I think that number is. Has got has got smaller in in recent weeks because of the wonderful publicity that What Three Words has, has enjoyed. But for anyone who is unclear, can you explain what What Three Words actually is? Sure. So um, we're a simple way to talk about uh, allocation. Um, we have cut the world into fifty seven trillion three meter by three meter squares, and then we've given each one of those squares a three word address. So three dictionary words to describe any spot on the planet. We have a clever algorithm that converts kind of long and complex GPS coordinates to words and back again. And I mean, the, the advantage, the advantages are it's, it's easier to remember, it's easier to say, it's easier to write on a package. It's, it's a portable pin. It's a pin that you can use in, in, in kind of many other ways. Uh, and we're being used, we're being used all over the world. Uh, everything from uh, pizza deliveries uh, to the emergency services to uh, to even cars, you can get into a Mercedes and say three words, and it and it knows where you want to go. Um, so, the, the the company started about six years ago. I joined five years ago, and we've been kind of build, building the brand and the partners and the business model since then. I recall when I first heard the idea, and I got it straight away. But it just I found it quite mind blowing. And and in fact, I recall because it was about five years ago, probably a bit under that I sent a, you know, a fanboy message to you on LinkedIn <laughs> yeah. to just say, this is, this is fucking brilliant. This is insanely brilliant. Yeah. Literally anywhere in the world to the accuracy of being within a three meter square, you can distill that address into just three words. I mean, that is just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so it's, good. Everything about it, it, it. It's phenomenal. And, and certainly uh, it, it's, it's quite a pleasure when people say kind of what do you do uh, and you explain that and you, and you, and you watch them uh, and you watch them go, huh. And then they and then they think about it a little bit and they go, oh wow. And then they go, but then you can do this and 
then you can use it for that. And I can meet my friends here. And God, Ocado never gets to the right place. And all of a sudden, you see there, they, they think of all the possibilities that a system like this, that like this offers. And, um, and that's certainly been a kind of key driver for why I enjoy this, this place is that the, the applications are phenomenal and ever changing. And we discover ways people are using it that we hadn't th- thought of. And it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, first and foremost, you think the accuracy of actual street addresses is, is instantly so much more efficient and effective and just better for many reasons. But really, you don't really make the link immediately. Certainly I didn't and people I've talked to about the idea. You don't immediately think of, well, what if you're meeting somewhere that isn't a street address? What if you're meeting in, I don't know, the woods? That sounds, that sounds a bit creepy. I'm not trying <laughs> to suggest we should all go and meet in the woods. But let's say we wanted to. You could be that precise with where you are in a wooded area, in an open field, in... And, and that really is when you start to think, oh, my God. Yes, I think one of the, one of the challenges we've got is um, when you talk about an address, people instantly jump to, well, I live at 37 Kenilworth High Street. And uh, they, people jump to a, uh, a home. And addresses work pretty well in those circumstances. But then you think about actually... Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here now and I'm looking out uh, uh, at a view uh, which encompasses the, the, the canal and some, some housing complexes, none of which are easy to describe uh, where, where they are. And street dressing doesn't cover everywhere. And actually in rural parts of the, of the UK, it's, it's pretty poor. And then you go, actually, farmers, uh, runners, explorers, adventurers, uh, anybody who wants to meet in the park or on the beach, you know, all these places are, are super difficult to, um, to describe. Um, but trying to get a shortcut mm. for that was one of the challenges we had. Um, and so we said, look, actually, let's call it an address and work, and work through the, um, uh, the assumption that addressing is, is good. That's one of the challenges we have. People assume that uh, addressing is, uh, is good. So where in particular is addressing not good? I mean, your example of park or beach was, was much, <laughs> much better than my example <laughs> of the woods. So who is, who is using it? Um, well, who can use it? Presumably anybody can well, use yeah, it. Well, yeah, anybody can use it and, it and it's being used. The app is free. People can, people can use it. Our business model is we charge a license fee uh, for businesses that integrate our software into their tech. So if I'm a delivery company, I can save myself a lot of money by going to the front entrance rather than uh, wandering around the streets trying to find it. So we, we make money uh, mm. like, like that. And um, the initial kind of marketing push that we had was very much around the places that you expect that had bad addresses. So Mongolia and Africa uh, and, and, and parts of Asia. A lot of the work we were being used in was humanitarian. And uh, our, our business model is, is structured that we, we give it free or for a nominal fee to aid in humanitarian NGOs, emergency services, charities, that sort of stuff. And that played super well in the press because it is a story that people can relate to because they go, ah, oh, yes, of course, places in, in Africa don't have a street address. Uh, and then you say, and actually we're being used to you know, install solar panels in these homes and to enable microfinance in these places. And, and, and people go, wow, that's, you, you guys are doing the right thing. Uh, so we got, uh, we got a lot of coverage off the back of that and we got a lot of brand love off the back of that um, and a lot of understanding. And then the kind of next phase was to, uh, we, we, we totally avoided the startup press and the tech press. Okay. Because I didn't want to become a kind of flash in the pan uh, here's the here's the latest cool thing. 
um, play. We went we went to kind of big business titles, and and actually one of the first things I did was engage a PR agency. We they they got us coverage in the BBC, and uh, and that gave us a huge amount of credibility, and it gave us a kind of reference point. Uh, but but once we'd established that, mm-hmm. then we started moving moving into the kind of business um, uh, titles and talked about the uh, the economic impact that we could have uh, and the monetary savings that that we could have and and we started to kind of shift the conversation to a different angle which was a much more commercial angle uh, and and now we're moving moving on from that to um, the kind of business structure is B two B to C so we sell our services into Mercedes Benz for example and now Mercedes are running social media campaigns and advertising campaigns in various different parts of the world saying, oh, by the way, you can now use what three words in our vehicles. Now that gets us a huge amount of, uh, of reach, huge amount of awareness, drive downloads of our, uh, of our app, drives usage of our, uh, of our system, and then you know, kind of enables us to sell to other car companies, enables us to sell to, to other businesses. So that's the way that we've kind of tried to structure the, uh, structure the business. Mutual friend Rory Sutherland, he described what three words as the best navigation idea since the tube map, which is high praise in, in, indeed. So why do you think what three words is, is, is so special and how does it work? Are there any, I mean, are there any, are there any issues with it? Does it, are there any instances where it comes unstuck? So how does it work for blocks of flats, for example? <laughs> uh, so we, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a flat system. Uh, the, the intention is that, um, well, interestingly, I, so I, I met Rory for a drink after I left uh, Ogilvy, and I started to tell him about mm. about what three words. Was it like lighting a firework? Uh, immediately cut me off and went. Well, well, but before I'd even got to what three words, I started talking about how addressing was bad. He kind of went off on an enormous tirade <laughs> about how people can never find where he lives. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, and someone should invent a new thing because postcodes are rubbish. And yeah. uh, and they cover they cover five properties, and, and he's forever walking across the courtyard to deliver a package to um, to, to Mrs. Miggins, who lives <laughs> who lives opposite. And uh, and I waited until he finished. I was like, uh, and so this is what we've done. And he was like that. That that's amazing, and he was like, "That's my Spectator article written for this uh, for this month," and and has been a and has been a massive fan ever since. But yes, we we are not the solution for everything. Street addressing, where it works, works well. Um, if it's maybe not precise enough, or you live in a block of flats and actually want to specify the entrance to the block of flats, um, uh, then you then you might use us as a, as an addendum. But what we're finding is that the use cases are are significant and varied, and and it is being used um, kind of all over the place. It's there it, there aren't any considerable disadvantages to the um, to the system, um, and it can happily coexist with with other addressing systems, of which there are many. If you are a surveyor, then it's unlikely that you're going to use what three words. You're going to use eighteen digits of latitude longitude because you need to be. You know, you need to be tighter than three meters by three meters. Uh, right. But for, for everybody else, you know, we're, we're human-friendly GPS. Yeah. Uh, we're just a, a system that makes it really, really easy to, um, to talk about anywhere. Um, and, and three words are uh, short enough that you can commit them to your short-term memory and then type them into something else or write them down or, or, or send them to a friend or say them out loud. Um, mm. And then you forget about them and you move on to, uh, and then you move on to your, your next thing. And it works across 
numerous languages. Yeah. My information suggests 26 languages. Uh, 37, actually. We just, um, uh, we've been ramping up our, our languages. So 37 languages. We've just launched uh, Korean, Japanese, and, and Chinese, as well as Hindi. So all of a sudden, we um, basically over half the world's population can now talk about anywhere on the planet in their own language. Um, so it's, it's super important that, I mean, we're, we're, we're working through languages and adding more and more to the, to the system. Uh, all the time. So to kind of echo your earlier point for humanitarian reasons and emergency services, clearly this huge opportunity that I mean, it literally could be or probably has been a, a life saving invention. So is that where you you have the, the least friction when it comes to people adopting what three words? Or is it is it is there no real consistent friction? <laughs> so there's, uh, the, um, it's interesting, you get you get the reaction, which is, this is a genius system. Uh, but then there's a chasm between, and I'm going to implement it in my business. And people have legacy systems that have relied on street addressing or other forms of uh, of location, and and changing those systems is is difficult and challenging. So we have a kind of target audience uh, who we call ambitious innovators, who think a little bit differently, who um, who can kind of get things done. Um, and and are not afraid, and they don't care that they might have the word lettuce in an address. It's just you know it enables something and it enables a better a better way. So we met the CEO and, and chairman of Daimler, and and he got it before it even finished the first sentence and said, right, I need this in my cars, and and built it in. And within six months, we were on the road, which is which is phenomenally fast in the um, in the automotive on the automotive industry. Um, so finding the right kind of target audience has been has been key to the success of it i think that the emergency services is a really is a really interesting one for us um and we actually we came across a tweet about a year ago maybe where some fire service tweeted that that they'd been called to a fire in the middle of a field and someone had used what three words and they found it really easily and that got us kind of thinking that actually this is a this is a really interesting area, mm. and uh, we we should offer it. And and we're not saying that you know ev- everybody should just use what three words. You know, use descriptions, use GPS coordinates, use a street address. The emergency service can can um, can take many, and and some of them have got uh, you know some of them can locate where you are from your device. Um, but there are there are advantages and pros and cons to to each system. What we're finding is the police are about 45 different emergency services from police and fire and ambulance and air ambulance and coast guard are now saying actually this is a this is a really useful useful system because it's easy to transfer a three-word address i can say it to a field operator down a radio i can uh, i can uh, i can shout it across a, uh, across a crowded room i mean it's, it's just a really easy way to to do that um, mm. and other digital systems don't quite offer that Yes, I can drop a pin on a map, but trying to tell someone that is difficult. Mm. Uh, I can't. I can't tell someone it's a it's a pin on a map. So, emergency services has given us a huge boost, certainly in the UK. Um, millions and millions of downloads in the uh, in the past few weeks, uh, but, but because it's being um, kind of endorsed by the uh, by the emergency services. Which is wonderful. So on the other end of that spectrum, then lots of people in advertising have the morals of an alley cat. So can we talk about about vanity addresses? So people or brands paying 
for certain addresses so just do it for nike whatever it might be yeah is that something that's just a non-starter for what three words or is there commercial opportunities there? yeah it's yeah it's a non-starter um the um the system is fixed uh, and it needs to be fixed for a kind of number of reasons uh we have put similar sounding words really far apart so table chair lamp is in america table chair damp is in australia so if you mishear it slightly it's very obvious because you're hardly going to, you're hardly, you know, if I'm in, I'm in New York, um, I'm hardly going to set off for Australia. The system actually says, I think you meant table chair lamp. There, there's an Uber horror story waiting to happen there, Giles. Actually, our team went to uh, where did they go? Germany, and they jumped in. They jumped in their cab and they say, "Take me, can you take me to Plenigerstrasse?" There's two Plenigerstrasses in, uh, uh, in in Germany and uh, in Berlin, and she went to the wrong one. And it just happens constantly. Um, there was a guy in, um, there was a, a British, uh, no, an American tourist who went to Iceland and he went, he wanted to go to Lagerbegur mm. instead of Lagerbegur. There's an extra R in the second one. Wow. And they're five, five hours apart. And he went to the wrong one. So there's like the, all of these, all of these stories are, are there. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done it fairly frequently. There are, I'm, I'm sitting in London now and there are 14 church roads in, in a 10 mile radius of where I'm sitting. Um, so yes, you get, uh, you, you get problems with uh, with addressing all the time, so th- that's one of the reasons that we do we, we don't any, allow anybody to change it. That mm. said, there are some really interesting ones out there. So, actually, Audi found Vorsprung Dersch Technik uh, in our German version, and that happens to be a three word address in the middle of the rainforest in um, in Brazil. So they drove one of their cars there on a on a, an expedition, and they tagged you know, the little cafes that they stopped at and the, the river crossing that they went to and they tagged all of those places with three-word addresses um, and, and eventually managed to get to Vorsprung Dersch Technik. That's fantastic. I mean, incidentally, there is no call-to-action address. Are certain words avoided? I mean, presumably, <laughs> naughty words yeah. are prohibited, surely? Yes, and homophones are taken out. Um, so shop sale and boat sale has, has, has been removed. Uh, proper nouns, names, numbers, all those sorts of things, and then we in English we uh, has to be over three letters. So there's there's a there's a system, and we we grade the words so shorter, more memorable words in places that speak those languages to make it easier to use, and kind of longer, more complex ones in deserts and and oceans where they're less likely to be used. So there's there's a few rules around kind of governing governing the system. But brands have brands have used us for for a number of different things. So. There is a beer out there called Fear Movie Lions, which is uh, the three-word address of precisely where it was brewed in the, in America. It's a uh, it's it's a lovely drink. And then uh, Maltesers in um, Australia have done a treasure hunt uh, to find the chocolate bunnies Easter egg hunt. Uh, put out kind of cryptic cryptic clues. Uh, Imagine Dragons hid a load of merchandise at at Imagine Dragons Evolve, which is in the desert somewhere in the in the US. Uh, which was the name of their latest album. So lots of people are using it as a way of engaging with their their kind of uh, their audience, and others are using it to deliver packages. So it's this weird thing where it's it's being used as an advertising tool and a, an engagement tool, but it's also being used as a fundamental business tool. Yeah, and it's interesting actually, as you just explained, that there are rules to the to the randomness of of how the words are assigned to certain uh, territories. Incidentally, I'm recording, and I don't expect anyone to believe this, so look it up to uh, validate this claim, but I'm actually sat at Host Edgy Sounds. That's very cool. How many, yeah, you, how many times did you move your chair to get to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm right up in the corner of the boardroom. 
Yeah, but that's but that's interesting. So this is this aids memorability, right? To so people like yeah. treat it like a little bit of a horoscope, and then you can see them moving around their their property or their home and going, "Yes, that's me," and they remember it, yeah. and it's uh, and it's in their head. So you know, we've got people. There's a an, an author actually has just started a um, a Twitter feed where he's writing uh, short stories based on three word addresses. Someone someone's even built an app which which builds quite poor poetry but poetry based on the three word addresses that you walk through so you can uh, you can hit hit a button it will start to generate it as you as you walk so people are using it for uh, uh for, for crazy things yeah i mean put stuff out there and people will play with it won't they it's lovely. Yes. yeah 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 that's and 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 that's the the kind of true sign of something starting to take off when uh when, when people start playing with themselves so you're getting an amazing amount of PR at the moment, which is which is great to see, particularly from the BBC, as, as you mentioned earlier. And most people, certainly people I've spoken to, just can't disagree or find any fault with the idea. In fact, people want to celebrate it and tell, and tell their friends. So I know there is uh, you're exploring other executions such as, you know, voice activation, drones, autonomous cars. What what are the challenges going forward for what three words? Is, is it mostly legacy systems? Yes, I think that it's um, legacy systems. This is this is the way that we've always done it, and um, we are we're a, we're a relatively small startup uh, with with you know a certain amount of uh, money, uh, and you know we 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 want mass adoption of the system. Reaching as many people as possible is is key, and doing that cost effectively is is key. So that's one of the challenges: is how we how we manage that. We're finding that that PR for what three words is um, uh, is a great driver uh, for um, for awareness and downloads and and just general interest from other businesses and uh, and investors. Uh, so that's that's what we do a lot of. I was meaning to ask you about it being a startup. How how have you found that shift into working for a startup? And equally, how have you found being the other side? So being getting out of agency side and being client side massively liberating i mean i I moved from uh from ogilvy obviously enormous to you know kind of team of five in a shared office with three other companies and and you go right i need someone to oh no that's me and (laughs) someone else no no, that that's me as well and um you know i was i was writing the ads on and and the social media posts and and pushing them out and editing films on my mac and you know doing kind of doing it all yourself uh i think that what you it's interesting moving to move, moving kind of I guess client side to because that you just there's so much more to to do than and so much more to consider than uh, than many people at agencies are exposed to. Um, so agencies mm. most of the time are uh, the kind of uh, communication part of uh, of of marketing, um, although they profess to to do more, but but actually. You know, it, that's a very, very, very small part of uh, of what we do here in, in the kind of marketing team. And now we've got a team of around 30 people just doing marketing. So we've got pretty much an in-house agency of designers, copywriters. We've got PR. We've got video team, editors, uh, social media. We've got uh, media planning and buying. Um, uh, we've got researchers. So we've we've got a pretty big team all helping to not only sell what three words to other businesses, um, but also then we work with those businesses to, to promote what three words. So we're like this year we've made, we've made adverts for Ford, Mercedes, 
uh, Airbnb, uh, Kakao, which is the biggest social network in in Korea, and, and and many 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 more. So, actually, as a as a as a standalone advertising agency, we would be a team of thirty people, you know, working with some of the biggest brands in the world. I have a couple of listener questions that I'd like to uh, put to you, Giles. <laughs> Asking the general public for their opinion, be it on Brexit or boat names, is notoriously fraught with danger, but that's not stopped us asking. So Chris asks, is there any potential for what three words to simplify other antiquated systems? He's then listed, e.g. the voting system, paying taxes, exam system, for example. That might just be a dig at inefficient systems, but seriously, is there scope for you guys to tackle any more? Yes, I do. Getting a long series of numbers uh, into something which is a little bit more user-friendly. You see numbers in in kind of many, many walks of life, whether that's phone numbers, bank numbers, that, that sort of stuff. But I think that the we've got to be laser focused about what we do as a what we do as a business and what businesses will drive the tipping point for us. Um, we're seeing a huge uh, interest from the automotive industry. There's over 10 million cars currently on the road that you can use what three words in. And we're soon to announce uh, a number of other car companies who have come on board and have built what three words into their, uh, into their systems. We solve a massive problem, uh, problem for them. Uh, so the, we, we, we've got enough to, to do uh, with, with fixing bad addressing uh, before, before, we look at the, before we look at the next thing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, they're, they're busy enough, Chris, yeah. is, 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 the, <laughs> is, the, is the blunt answer or my conclusion of it. So a, a much simpler question from Pip. So Pip says, what was the first ever what three words address? Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I think it might have been deep, deep, deep. I think that was, that was the, the kind of first word on the, on the word list. And there's a kind of reference, uh, kind of reference point um, that that we often use. Yeah, so that I think deep, deep, deep was the was the first one. I've just put it in on the app. It's near Gibraltar. Right. So you're some way out at sea. Yes. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Um, so the the final part of the interview, then, Giles, is our is our four pertinent poses that we put to all of our guests. Number one is what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh wow. I think that the as, uh, I spent I, I spent a, a while at um, at Saatchi and Saatchi, but as soon as I moved into their their division, that was anything that was that was non traditional. I kind of ceased to have a um, traditional job title, and so I, I spent uh, I spent a year or so as an account exec, and then and then kind of made it up as I went along, um, which was quite challenging and a, and, a, and a bit difficult. And people kept on trying to put you into a box and say, well, you're you're sort of this. Uh, so that was kind of part of the advice I'd give is kind of don't uh, don't succumb, don't feel bad about not not fitting into a into a box. That's fine. Mm. Get as get as much experience as you as you can, uh, doing as many roles as you can, because you you know you need to be able to have I don't know what the expression is T shaped person. You need to you need to have experience in in many 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 different things, and you only get that from from moving kind of through different job roles. Really good advice. And, and that job title rarely will define all of someone's skill sets. And it's important not to, not to believe that it has to equally. Yes, I had a lot of fun making stuff up for sure. <laughs> to put on business cards. <laughs> My wife and co-founder here, she, she fought long and hard. 
and she normally wins in fights with me, but she wanted director of stuff and things when we started. But very good. I, I quite like that one. I might have to take that one. <laughs> I might have to cut that bit out of the yeah, pod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Giles, if you could banish one thing from the industry, what would it be and why? So I guess in terms of industry, that can be more so your side now, or, or you know, historically advertising. Um, I think that there is a um, there's an attitude that something new needs to replace something old. So as soon as there's a new kind of advertising stream or a new technique or a new way of doing things, you kind of see it a little bit in, in our solution, but, but certainly in the advertising industry is always like, um, uh, there's always a tension where they go, okay, so what's it going to replace? What's it going to take money from? And, and then people get protective and go, uh, and, and blinkered and, uh, and that's when you get bad um, you know, kind of bad solutions. You get solutions that are, that are based around self-interest rather than rather than the be, kind of best thing to do. So, I think I would kind of banish that and encourage more openness. And it, it kind of doesn't it doesn't matter on the it doesn't matter on the solution. It just needs it doesn't need it doesn't it doesn't matter um, who owns what. It's it's the kind of solution trumps all. Wise words. Um, any books that you you would recommend or can recommend to our listeners? I'm so bad at um at reading books. Um, I've got I've got <laughs> any audio books you can I'm recommend? <laughs> so bad at audio books. I um I've got a stack. I've got a, a a a library full of books which remain kind of chapter one and two read. Um, I w- I was quite interested in reading the messy middle, which is there's a lot of chat around like the starting of companies and the exiting of companies. Um, but there's not a lot written about the really horrible bit in the middle where there's a constant roller coaster of, is it going to work? Isn't it going to work? Uh, massively stressful, uh, kind of running out of money, all those, all those sorts of really, really painful bits. Uh, and it was quite therapeutic to, uh, uh, to, 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 to listen to a lot of that and go, actually, a lot of other people have, have have been through these kind of growing pains, these scale up pains. You know, we've we've gone from a company of five to a company of uh, I don't know, 110, 100, 120, um, and, uh, and and kind of five years old, and it's and it and it's difficult. So it was good to it's good to read that. I'm really looking forward to getting a copy of Rory's book. Uh, big mm. big fan of his and and his kind of attitude and approach, and and have stolen a lot. Uh, from uh, from the kind of way he thinks, so uh, I'm looking forward to getting a copy of that. Yeah, you you certainly should. It's um yeah, alchemy. It, it, I would recommend getting at least just the audio book version, uh, simply because Rory narrates it himself. So there's no, a lot brilliant. of uh, lots of additional bits that didn't fit into the book. Yeah. He goes on his little verbal wanderings, which is beautiful. Yeah. And um, equally, he, t- he told me on, a, on the episode we recorded with him on Call to Action that he actually earns more royalties with the audio book. So he's happy for right, me to perfect. plug that. No, I think his whole, his, his kind of approach around fame and creating serendipity is, is something that we're, um, that we're really trying to approach here and, and push here. The BBC article that went out that, that absolutely blew up uh, and has, has, as I said, driven enormous number of downloads and interest. And, you know, we're getting contacted by police forces in the US and Canada and uh, kind of across the world about, about the system. You know, that, that came from quite a considered approach from us, but, but also there was, a, there was a certain amount of, uh, of luck as much as we tried to engineer, but there was a certain amount of luck in that. But I'd like to think that we, um, 
that we kind of ha- helped to make that happen uh, through through all the stuff that we did. Yeah, and, and in fact, Rory shared a similar story about sales of, of his book, Alchemy, the majority of which he can now put down to his appearance on the Chris Evans breakfast show. And if he had, if he had planned that as part of his strategy to, to promote and sell the book, then people would have thought he was, he was crazy. But luck just led it that way and, and, and it was yeah. successful because of it. Perfect. We always dedicate every show to someone, Giles, and, and we would like to um, pass that honour to our guest who has to give their reason why. So would you dedicate this episode, please? Yeah, I think that the, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a few people in the, uh, in the industry that I've had, you know, some kind of great advice from, which is, uh, which has kind of affected how I, uh, how I behave. I, we've kind of mentioned, mentioned Rory, uh, Charles Fallon, the guy who first gave me my job at, uh, um, at Sarchi's has, has kind of been instrumental in kind of getting getting to where uh, I got you know kind of where we are today I think that the uh idea yeah, definitely long long-suffering wife and uh, and family I've got a side hustle as well so I actually uh I I bought a gym in uh in southwest London and and uh, have a have a, a kind of gym business that, that that I run as well so they often they often say of an evening at 10 o'clock well which, which business are you working on now yeah okay well this is this this episode is is very proudly dedicated to Rory Charles and uh, Mrs. Mrs. Reese Jones and, and the family. So, um, can can we plug the gym? What's the name of the gym? Let's plug uh, it. It's called Gymnasium. It's in uh, it's in Clapham. Uh, it's a it's a great little uh, great little CrossFit gym and run by kind of my training partner and uh, and I and some and some friends. Awesome. Well, as a, as a final call to action, then everyone can head over to this episode's listing and and we've shared links to everything discussed: the messy middle, alchemy primarily what three words and, and associated links to that but how else can people get more more giles reese jones <laughs> other than the gym yeah i don't know how much they they, they wanted me i kind of humbled to be to be asked to 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 be on the show because i'm not entirely sure what um i'm doing is is rocket science it's good kind of marketing uh kind of good marketing approach with it with a little gamble here and there and and sometimes the gambles pay off and it explodes and, and, and more often actually they, they don't necessarily come off. So I'm trying to, trying to build a, a kind of model of, of doing things that I know work pretty well with a little bit of magic in there. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes as you say, they, uh, they work and you win a can lion. Um, uh, but um, you're always on, always on social media and you can, you can come and check us out and, and the kind of stories and what we're up to on What Three Words, we're always posting um, how people are using us uh, around the world. The latest one that we just got was uh, they're actually shooting a new Netflix show and they sent us the uh, the call sheet and they've got all the scene names and next to all the scene names, they've got the three word address of uh, precisely with a meeting point for, for where they're shooting, uh, which is, which is kind of crazy. So uh, that's the, those are the little stories that are popping up on a, on a daily basis. Amazing. Well, um, thank you for joining us. It's, it's been a real privilege to talk, Giles. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers. Um, and thank you to everyone listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share and, and review and don't hesitate to get in touch with the show direct, submit questions, guest requests. Uh, we're on Instagram at CTA pod, but if you're old school, just email us at hello at call to action.co. I can't get no
try and I try and I try 